Okay, shalom and welcome everybody to this week's Torah portion teaching for the uh, Parshish Bamidbar, meaning in the wilderness. My name is Christopher Fredrickson and it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you guys here today as we go through this week's Torah portion. And this is going to be a bit of a short teaching here today, as a matter of fact. And uh, let me go ahead and pull up my notes here in all of that. And uh, the thing I want to make note of, first of all, is that I remember when I first had gotten my first copy of this. And I, now the reason why I say first copy is because I probably go through, like, like whenever I get a new Bible or something like that, one that I really like, I'll go and I'll go through it and all that stuff and study from it. And then within like two years, it's torn all to pieces. So I'm constantly having to get new copies, you know, and this is, seems to be true with the Stone Edition Tanakh. And one of the things that I noticed in the Stone Edition Tanakh is every time the Torah mentions people in the English translations, a majority of the time, the word that is used for people has nothing to do with basar, the flesh, nor that of the goof, the body. Instead, it is interesting that the, um, that the Torah renders in the English, the translators render this as being people, but actually the literal definition for the word that is used, which is nefeshot, actually better translates to souls, okay? The souls of the, you know, it's a, it says go and count the souls is what we end up seeing. Or, you know, when it mentions the people, it is saying the souls a great deal of the time. Now, within this parshiot, we don't see that the word nefeshot being used within that of the Hebrew. But the thing about it, though, is at this point, there is a precedent that is set. What we have happening within Bamidbar is we have a census that is, that is taking place, and we actually have two censuses that are taking place within that of the Torah. And, there's a, and when we get to the next one, there's going to be a lot of debate why the census was taken, why it is that there's a moxa shekel, a half a shekel, that is being given by that of the people uh, to that of Moshe Rabbeinu and, and, the, uh, and, to, and to that of the, of the uh, Mishkan, of that of the tabernacle, and so on. And so that'll be something that we'll get into within later parshiot where that is discussed. But what we're going to focus in on here today is why it is that it goes, the Torah goes and uses the word nefeshot for people as opposed to something relating to the goof or that of the basar, the flesh or the body. And so the thing about it though is that what we're going to get into with this is to ask the question, what is it that makes you, those of you who are listening and watching, what is it that makes you a quote-unquote person? What is it that defines you as being a person? 
okay? I want you guys to think about that, and we, I see we got a couple of people in the chat here, and, and I want to get some answers on this. What is, when, when people say, let's see, who, who's watching here? We got uh, Jeffrey, and we got Mike. Uh, Jeffrey, Mike, or anybody else. When somebody says, this is Jeffrey, or this is Mike, what is it that defines you as being different from your other friends? Usually. This is something that I often look at because one of the things that we find within that of the Torah, most notably within that of the book of Bereshit or Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, is we see that um, within there, we see that what God does is he is it, it was we have the word ruach that is within there and it's usually known as spirit is the is the way that that's uh, usually rendered but however ruach is in relation to breath within that of this uh, within the book of Bereshit or Genesis chapter two verse seven and it says that it, that the that that God put breath within that of Adom Harishon. And then we also see something else with the Hebrew there because it says it made him out of dirt, which the Hebrew word there is Adamah, which has the word Adam within the word Adamah for dirt. So we see many things there that are just, that are very interesting in relation to how it is that we are to define a person. How it is, what is it that the definition of a person actually is? Because we also see within that of the Torah, within the book of Bereshit as well, that when God goes and creates Adam, he goes and says, let us make man in our image. Now, some people go and speculate this. Outside of Jewish thought, they say, well, you know, he's speaking about the angels, you know, in the image of angels and so on and so forth. Yet, we also find within that of the Besorot, within that of the Gospels, that angels do not have sex organs. And this is something that's also talked about within that of the Talmud. It's talked about it within Midrashim, Tosefta, as well as uh, Kabbalistic texts such as Sefer Yetzirah, as well as the Zohar and as well within the basic tra uh, tractates of the Mishnah. We see that, that, that this concept you know, of angels not being sexually active really kind of go and throws uh, Genesis chapter 6 and how many people in the Hebrew Roots movement go and view that in saying that what we have here, B'nai Elohim, are fallen angels. Uh, we see that that does not... Uh, that, that doesn't cut mustard at all. You know, they try and propagate the Book of Enoch and all this stuff. But let us get back on track here. Getting back on track here, we see that, first of all, it cannot be angels for a variety of reasons. And so when we go into Jewish thought, we can think of the words of the Maharala Prague and what he said in terms of Perkeavot 1.1, which he said that uh, and Pekevot one one says that the Torah was received at Sinai, it was transmitted to Moshe Rabbeinu, and then accepted by that of Yehoshua ben Nun, and to the elders of the great assembly, and you know so on. 
And they said three things, be diligent in judgment, develop many disciples, and build a fence around the Torah. So the Maharal then goes and asks, he says, why is it that it, that it has to mention that they said three things? We can easily count that for ourselves. It shouldn't have to say that. But this is a reminder of why it said, and they said three things. Because he says that, first of all, what we have there are three kinds of Torah law. Mitzvot, Chukim, Mishpatim. We have those three kinds of Torah law there. And so, having those three kinds of Torah law, they make up a complete entity of Torah. Whether that be Torah Shebektav, whether that be Torah Shebektav, whether that be Chaim HaTorah, the, uh, the uh, written, the oral, and the living Torah. That these make up those aspects. And so, we also can make note as well in the Shema. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Beruk Shem Kivu, Balkutov Le'elam Vayed. We see that we mention God three times there as well. So what is happening here is we is the Maharal goes on and says that a complete entity is made up of three parts. Okay, so this is why it is that the us is mentioned within that a better sheet. Okay, because what we have there is we have the three pillars of Sephirot. The three pillars of Sephirot representing the right hand side which is the, uh, the, the, the attributes of things like chassid, which are attributes of Ruach HaKodesh that tend to be the feminine side of God. Then we have, on the left-hand side, we have things like Gevura, which is part of the masculine part of God. Then in the middle, we have Machut, Da'at, Tiferet, Yesod, Machut, um, and Keter. I mentioned, I forgot, I forgot to mention Keter, I mentioned Malchut twice, but those are the things that are the middle, middle pillar. The Zohar then goes and tells us the middle pillar represents Mashiach. So what we have in many ways is the instance of attributes that are a part of the family. And so we see that God had made Adom, Harishon, the first Adam, he went and made him um, as one complete entity. And then when he goes and separates him and Hava, he goes and says that a man will take a wife and they will become Echad. They will become one. And we see that the word Yahid is not used there, but it said the word Echad, which is a united one as opposed to an absolute one. Okay, now what does this have to do with anything? What does this have to do with it? Because this defines what it is that a quote-unquote person is. Whenever it says to go and count the people within that of this week's Torah portion, Bamidbar. The, the, the idea of a person is not the physical things. It's not, you know, Christopher has this hair color. Christopher, you know, wears this kind of suit. Christopher has, you know, a beard, a very short beard. You know, uh, he looks this way. He's got blue eyes. You know, that's not what makes me me. What makes me me instead are the things that it is that you cannot see. The things that it is that are a part of my mind, my heart, my soul, all of those things are connected. Um, and the thing is that when those things are connected, these, these are the things that are hidden from actual sight. These are the things that are a part of a person's personality, a part of a person's, uh, the thing that makes them different, and in many ways, it relates to their name. Whenever it is that I converted to Judaism, 
Whenever it is that I went through my conversion and ordination, one of the things that I had to do is I had to choose for myself a Hebrew name. Now, many people, you know, don't go through this process and they choose the, for themselves one and they come up with things like Eliyahu ben Avraham. They take some of their favorite Bible characters and decide to just, you know, put them together in a name. And that's not the way that it's done. Because the word Shem in Hebrew for name is not like the westernized idea of name. Okay? It's not like, you know, um, you know uh, 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 a pointer, an indicator of, oh, that's that person. Instead, it's a part of their soul. It's a part of their personality. It's a part of who it is that they are. As opposed to saying that I take attributes from this particular Bible character or that one and so on. That is, that, that, that is not what uh, the, the word Shem for name, that is not what it uh, means or, or represents. Uh, let's see here. I have, uh, let's see, Cheryl said, asks, the pronunciation of the way to say Jesus in Hebrew, there's been so many different ways uh, that I have to be criticized if I pronounce it. Okay, okay, yeah, Cheryl, I, I, I'll, I'll get with you on that after this teaching. Um, we have 3,000 documents that have it spelled out. You know, we get a bunch of goofy ones that, you know, don't, don't have it. But, um, uh, but I'll, I'll message you after, after the teaching and I'll get with you on that. But the word Shem is better labeled as character, personality, encapsulation, all of those things. Okay, and that's what it is that a person's name for their namesake, you know, in their name and all these things actually end up meaning. And these are parts of the nefesh, parts of the soul, the thing that is the identifying thing about them in terms of their characteristics and personality. Okay, and so it's very interesting because this line of Jewish thought, we also end up finding in the Besorot. We find this within that of the Gospels. Because Yeshua goes and says this, and I'll be quoting from the Orthodox Jewish Bible here. It says, And do not fear those who wish to kill the basar, the basar is the flesh, but are unable to kill the nefesh, the soul. But rather fear the one who is able to destroy basar vi nefesh, the the, uh, the, the, the flesh and the soul in Gehenna, okay? And so the thing about it, though, is that we often go and focus in on the physical. You know, somebody going and looking at me, they'll say, that's Christopher. But is that really Christopher? No, the things within my soul, within that of my personality, my character, all those things are the things that define me and who it is that I am. Okay, now we have another um, instance here within uh, Brit Hadashah, within that of the, uh, of the New Testament as well. This time from the Apostle Paul. And, he's, and the interesting thing about this is he's saying this to the Galatians. Now in terms of the Galatians, you guys know that I am a big advocate of bilateral ecclesiology. Okay, I don't believe that everybody needs to be like me following the halakha that I do and all of that stuff, I believe that everybody has a starting point. You know, I believe it's good for a person to start out as Ger Toshav or as B'nai Noach, that it's good for a person to start there because then they can get a foundation and they can slowly start to apply mitzvahs and uh, apply them a certain way. 
And so this is the instance with the Galatians. We also have this with the Romans as well, when Paul is writing these letters to them. You know, so it's very interesting because he's getting into some deep Judaic thought within the book of Galatians here. For he says this. He says, "But I say, walk by the ruach hakodesh, and by no means will you carry out the nations of uh, 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 tahavat." For the basar, lusts of the flesh. For the basar desires against Ruach HaKodesh, and, the Ruach, and Ruach HaKodesh desires against the basar. For these oppose each other, will result in the things that you wish you cannot do. And so this is an instance that it is that we oftentimes see ourselves getting into. Sometimes we see people trying to run before it is that they can walk within that of their observance. They think that they are supposed to be at a certain level in order to be accepted by that of Hashem. Now, first of all, I disagree greatly with my Christian brethren. But however, I still see them as my brethren. Okay? The thing that matters and that matters to Hashem is that they're connecting with Hashem through that of Mashiach. That's what's important. Not about how many mitzvahs it is that you fulfill for, even the Talmud goes and tells us that a person who is a B'nai Noach can be just as lofty in the Elom Haba as a person who is a Bali HaKabbalah, master of the Kabbalah. And so that's an important thing to understand. Now I just got a notification saying I'm at 5% battery life, so I'm going to have to wrap this up, and I'm going to try and wrap this up uh, uh, precisely, or not precisely, but in a, in a good way in terms of how it is that we should see one another and what it is that we should be um, noticing when it is that we see the word people within the Bible. We should go and take some time and stop and say, okay, what defines this person? What defines their characteristics and what makes them them? Is it the outside? Is it the inside? Take, for instance, a man and wife go and get married. They go and they get married and say that it is the wife goes and puts on a little weight. The question then is, no matter if she puts on five pounds, no matter if she puts on 200 pounds, the question then becomes, what is the connection with? Is the connection with that of the basar, of that of the flesh, or is it with the nefeshot, within that of the souls of the two individuals that become one, that become a chad, that become united, as it says in the book of Bereshit. That is the question that we then have to ask. And so the thing about it, though, is that I have, I have counseled many people, you know, for many years, asking, you know, I'm having this kind of marital issue right now with this aspect and so on and so forth. The thing about it, though, is I have to keep telling them, no matter what is going on, the fact is that your wife is your soulmate, whether it is that you like it or not, or whether it is that you feel like you rushed into the marriage, no matter if it is that you feel like you married the wrong woman, it doesn't matter. She is your soulmate. And so with this, the thing about those that we have an intermingling of characteristics and personality and so on and so forth, this is one of the issues that Job himself had with his four friends who were going and... Uh, 
you know, trying to tell him as well as his wife saying, go and curse God, go and, you know, just go and, you know, curse God and die, you know, and all these things. And we see how it is that Job was influenced in that way because he wasn't going and praying in the way of He wasn't doing any of that. He wasn't going and doing like the Avinu prayer. You know, uh, blessed are you, Lord, or not blessed, uh, <laughs> our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as, uh, on heaven as it is on earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. We see how it is that when we connect with God, we are to look within ourselves and we are supposed to praise God and we're supposed to lift God up in those ways. That is how it is that it is that we go and approach God saying, God, change me, work on me, as opposed to God, I want this, I want that, why are you doing this? We, it is good to be upset with God whenever it is that we get into those instances because God wants us to be real with him. But also, the thing about it, though, is that ultimately, in order to change a situation in any sort of way, shape, or form, we have to want to change ourselves. Okay? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope and I pray that this has been helpful. And I know that it's a little bit short. I was worried about the battery shutting off, but I wish each and every single one of you shalom brocha, peace and a blessing. Shalom. So you want to learn Hebrew or Aramaic, or maybe both? Make sure to check out HebrewandArabic.com. All three of the instructors on the website have accredited Moray licenses to teach the languages that they teach on the website. You can take the lessons on your very own time, and they even have a Roku channel so you can learn from the comfort of your very own couch. With over 200 videos going step-by-step -step through the languages and all the various scripts and over 100 PDFs of exercises and quizzes, this is the most thorough set of lessons that you'll find anywhere on the languages of the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah. So visit HebrewAndArabic.com today and sign up for only $15 a month.